So here we are. Finally, we got it, right? Yes. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you and seeing you. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to Germany. <laughs> we were wondering where you'd be because we know you bounced between Germany and we saw you were on holiday. Uh, so you're back in Germany now. Yeah, but you know, holidays, the worst thing of holidays is that sometimes they are over. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I came back um, around about, um, I would say, 10 days ago. Okay. So what, what we're doing, what we're doing, you know, when we're, um, uh, or when my wife is, uh, you know, doing on, on, on the social media, uh, that we're not putting the photos in um, when we're in holidays, because we don't want to show the world, um, you can climb in the house of Thomas Ennis because he's in holidays. So we do this, you know, <laughs> later. <laughs> so much better want, idea, much better. Yeah, we, don't want, we don't want to invite criminals, you know. That's good thinking. We we saw you had quite a traumatic experience with your car. Oh yeah. So I hope it was the the only one and first and last experience about that. But uh, I was told statistically um, it will never happen again in my life. So well, <laughs> it burned down. So anyway. No, that's that's terrible. So if anyone doesn't know Thomas and his son. You would what in, in Ibiza driving around, you just smelt burning in your car, got out, and next in the car. No, it flipped. no, it was it was the fact that we that we were driving in the car and my son was driving and all of a sudden it smelled a bit like rubber, mm -hmm. you, you know, some for ten seconds and then he said, I can't um um how does it, I can't pull the, the gas. And I said, But you can st still using the brake. And he said, Yes, I still the break and so go you know just leave um the main street and then we um stopped in on a private property and somewhere in the middle of nowhere and the, the car began to smoke and he, i said let's leave the car and uh five minutes later it starts burning and oh, it's gone but you know i'm having insurance and everything is fine so it's it's only a car let's see we are really fine and we're happy and It was um, in the first beginning a traumatic situation, but then, you know, we're still alive. No, exactly. Luckily, exactly. you. Yeah. So, listen, we're, we're very honored to have you on the show. And, and the show is, we've been doing it for, in various guises for about 10 years and in this format for two. And Modern Talking and yourself is a huge favorite of the show. And um, more so, I mean, to set up, right, is to tell you, I think you know this, but how popular you are in South Africa um, of everyone. I heard been, about it. Yes. We've been interviewing people like Joan Armour trading and air supply and, and, and the guys from Spandau ballet. But when I said, Oh no, next up is Thomas Anderson, Thomas Anders right across the board. Everyone was like, Oh no, I went to their concert. I love him. He was my first crush. Oh my God. He's looking so good. Have you heard the new music? I'm like, <laughs> you are so insanely popular in South Africa that to this day, there are you'll get walk into a supermarket, a car will drive past, you go into a bar, you will still hear your music playing. So you've got this, and and your concerts in Sun City, I think, must have been a million South Africans must have attended, according to how many people said that they were. <laughs> I was, it was totally so amazing. Much. Yeah. <laughs> so. We, I'm yeah. a, me too. I was there. <laughs> it, it, but it's so long ago, you know, that you still have it in your memory that, you know, really touches me because I don't know, it's 
25 years or what is it? 20, something around. I don't know exactly what year it was, but uh, ah. it's really a long time. Let's not talk about it. You know, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, do, do you, are, are you aware of like that continuing popularity in South Africa? Um, do you remember your time in the country? What drew you to the country? First of all, I, I would like, like to love to say and like to say that I really enjoyed the time and I love South Africa because I've been there several times, even for video shootings. Mm. And, um, you know, even with modern talking. So we did several shootings there. We did um, uh, the song You're Not Alone. And um, there was another track we did there i just don't remember it uh, now but uh, but um i love the country and and um you know i have a lot of friends they own property in in south africa and they're coming there you know every winter north north earth winter season so when you're summer they're spending the time there and uh, it was really really a, a great time um for me uh, that i spent and i always remember it with with a really warm heart. So I had a great, great time and, and I even loved Sun City, you know, it was fantastic. It was like holidays in a certain way. So I remember I had shows, as far as I remember on Thursday, Friday and Saturday and Sunday afternoon, something like this. And um, the rest of the week, uh, you know, was, you know, vacation. So um, I enjoyed it very much and um, yes. And, and I'm really happy that they, that in your country, a lot of people love to listen to my music and still remembering me. So, and, and they do. I mean, you, you remember with great affection to this day. So we often ask like how people, have, you know, obviously we've all been, had the shared trauma over the past year, um, but you've been keeping yourself very busy. And we often ask what people have been doing in lockdown, but from the looks of it, you've kept yourself nice and busy with new music. Um, you know, you, are you back out touring? What's, what's your last year been like? Well, busy. <laughs> yes, it was. It was not that busy like it used to be normally. But um, I had a lot of TV shows in Germany, so we're still in the TV business. And um, I was. I don't know if you have the format Mass Singer. You have yes. it in your country. Yes. So uh, I had, you know, a great time in that show. Um, and um, I released an album with. Um, you know, one of the most popular um, hosts and um, yeah, what we have in, in, in Germany, um, it's Florian Silbereisen. And uh, uh, so we went to number one in Austria, Switzerland and Germany. And we just, um, two weeks ago, we got the platinum award oh, wow. um, for Germany and we sold uh, till that day, more than 270,000 copies of this album and wow. we're working on new material and um, so for me it was a busy time not that much with traveling worldwide but with doing shows because this starts really you know since five six seven weeks um, and now we're looking forward that this um, pandemic um, will go slowly to the end so your experience on The Masked Singer, were you a judge or were you a contestant? I was a contestant and it was, it was a really, really hard time, you know, because um, I, you know, I came just until the final show 
and it's um, it's six weeks. I don't know how it is in your country, six weeks. And um, for you know, for for my brain, you know, for my head, actually, there was no day off in between six weeks. I had a day off, but in that time, I had to prepare the new lyrics for the new songs, which I had to perform a few days later. And um, and my character was a turtle. (laughs) I was a turtle and you can, you can check it on, you know, on Facebook. And um, it it was a turtle like, um, you know, um, Captain Sparrow. So re the, it, it, it was, um, um, I had, around about 14 kilograms and it's very, very hard to breathe under this mask. It's, you know, very hard to, um, to look because you have this gaze, you know, just only little tiny spots. And when you go into the, you know, the studio light and then you're really like blind because the eye the iris had to to focus it, and I felt like a really old man under that mask. <laughs> and um, it was a wonderful time. It was a fantastic experience, but um, it was a very um, hard time for me. And I was in the end, I was happy that it's over. <laughs> have, have you seen the the offshoot they have of that of the mask dating? is that people go on masks. I think it's the same production company. People go on dates, but they wear those masks and they have to like now see if they like each other despite what they look like. I think we don't have this. We don't have this in Germany. We don't have this for me. Isn't that the same as online dating anyway? (laughs) I I watched that series and it was really interesting. I have to tell you. (laughs) So you watch, you watch the German version. No, the one about the, the dating one. Oh, the dating one. Okay. Yeah. But we're definitely going to go find you yes. um, as a yes. turtle. That sounds like, that sounds like definitely. My, my, my weekend yeah. mission. <laughs> so uh, Barrett wants to go back and, and let's go back. And I, I, I know you've like achieved so much since then, but I mean, our show is about the 80s and we want to go back to the start of modern talking. I think people obviously go, well, you know, how do you describe the Bible? But maybe in your words, Barrett, you want to ask Thomas? Yeah, sure. So how did the group come about? Well, way back when. By mistake. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, it was. It was not planned. Um, you know, at the very beginning, I, you know, um, Dieter Bohlen was my producer in German language. And um, we, we tried with, you know, several... Um, singles, but um, they never, you know, they never um, entered the charts. So it was in the beginning of the 80s. Yes, it was 81, 82, 83, uh, 84 in these times. And so put it on the point, we weren't successful. And <clears throat> I said to him, actually, I would love to sing English. And he said, well, this is Cool. We tried to break you um, as a German artist in German language. And if you now switch into English, it's very hard to tell to the people and blah, blah, and so on. And, um, um, but one day, and it was in, I remember it was in summer 84, he came back from holidays and um, 
in that holidays he has written a song. And I had a studio session in September regarding for my new German uh, single and I was finished with recording and then he came to me because I had time enough for my my plane um, going back home and he said I wrote a song please give it a try you know you have 15 minutes to listen to it and then to go in the studio and the song was Yamaha Kimasol. Wow. And um, I went in the studio and I sang it and um, flew back home And then we, um, well, showed it to the record company when it was mixed and, and was finished. And the record company said, it's not bad, but we can give it a try, but we want to break Thomas Anders as a German artist and not in English language. So they decided to make this, I will say today, this iconic um you know, cover from for the single. And this was this, you know, um, this um, sneaker on mm -hmm. one side and the other side, this very elegant um, shoe, black uh, uh, shoe. And um, the record company said, well, we give it a try, but we are thinking about that you are going to perform with the second person. Um, that you perform it, you know, like a duo. This was in their mind and there was no people, nobody was there who should uh, uh, do this. And I said, but who is this second person? And they said, well, there is none at the moment, but uh, if we go into the charts, we will do a casting and then we will take a person besides you and you're the singer and you're the musician and whatever, there will be a person which you like and blah, blah. And um, nothing happened with the sales. So the single was uh, released at the beginning of October 84. And I asked, you know, every two, three, four weeks, the record company, what about my sales, even with the German product or, you know, with Yumaji Masol. And the secretary from the company, from the record company, um, you know, said to me at the beginning of December, um, we have 6,000 units sold. And this is in that time, don't think about today, in that time, it was nothing. Um, and she said, well, it seems to be a flop. Um, and I said, yes, okay, so have a great um, holiday. <laughs> and, um, you know, we talk each other, you know, at the beginning of next year. And it really, it's the truth. I called her, you know, in, in, at the end of the first week in January. And I said to her, what about the sales? And she said, hold on a second. I have to, to watch my list. There was no computer and stuff like this. It was a list, you know, even no facts. You know, that Telex. Remember Telex? <laughs> yeah. so, and, and she said, I have to, to, to uh, watch at my, at my Telex, like I do now. And she said, oh hold on a minute, they, they did something wrong because this can't be, you know, I have to call the, the record company in Munich because this rec my record company was in Berlin um, and I had to call the headquarters. And she called me back five minutes later and said, it's the truth. You sold 60,000 units. And I said, oh, what does it mean? And she said, it means next week you're in the charts. And I said, oh, 
oh, I'm in the charts. Oh my God. And who would be my partner? And she said, I have no clue. <laughs> um, so, so one day later, the head of the record company um, called me and said, Thomas, you know the situation. Um, we have will enter the charts. I don't know what place it will be, but we have to make a TV show. And we thought till we find somebody who is your continuous partner, um, we take Dieter Bohn on your side. And I said, okay, it's fine to me. So to make this long story short, we entered 39 in the charts. And one week later, we were top 10 and number nine. And four weeks later, number two, and then we stayed for eight weeks and number one. And there was no way back for Dieter Bohm, you know, because we were like, you know, the, the magazines, the titles from the magazines were our gold boys, our wonder boys, our successful new duo, blah, blah, blah. And we were on, you know, on the um, front side of the magazines. And so this was the final of, you know, the looks from Modern Talking. It was Thomas Anders and Dieter Bohm. And um, is there a story behind the name Modern Talking? Well, you know, this was even the same. It was the same secretary. Um, I have to tell you, we, we were we were just looking and, you know, it's very difficult because everybody, you know, think with your imagination. I will give you I will say to you, um, you will be performing, um, I don't know, in a picture um, or whatever. And please look for you for a special artist name. And you have thousand names in your head, but to make the final decision to say, this is it, and I have to live with it, maybe for the rest of my life. This is a really, really hard decision. So the, the, the secretary, she, you know, go, went to the charts and was looking and what was, you know, the topic of these days. And it was like, something was modern. Um, and was talk 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 was very successful at the time. Yeah. Uh, and there were some other you know groups in it. And she, all of a sudden she came uh, in a meeting and she said, "I have, I think I have the name. It's Modern Talk." And then <laughs> the the head of the record company said, "Well, I would prefer two syllabs and two syllabs. What do you think about Modern Talking?" And I said, "Yes." Why not? <laughs> and so we, we found it. It was modern talking. You know, I, I love those stories because um, you think it's like, you know, like you say, it's something that you've got to live with now. How many years later it's still around and it comes up in the most, oh, we just wanted something with four syllables. So it's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So um, when you were creating music back then in the eighties, what's, music was around you and inspiring you? Um, were you listening to other 80s artists or were your references earlier than that? I was listening to all kind of pop music, you know. I was, you know, these, these, I was very deep into the American style. Like, you know, in the 80s, Air Supply, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, we all remember this. It was uh, uh, fantastic, you know, fantastic music. Um, I'm, I'm coming a bit from the 70s with ABBA. 
Abba was, you know, the heroes. Even today, the music is fantastic, you know, um, the songwriting and the producing. Um, a lot of American, and, and I really love this. You remember, for me, typical was there's American sound, pop sound with the um, Fender Rhodes piano. Mm. These gling glung and you know the piano and and you know everybody was you know working every composer was working with that instrument because it gives such um, nice feeling you know for for your ears and everything what was in pop like from George Michael like name it you know uh, pop music was one of my favorite and um, I can't swear, but I'm pretty sure that it was the favorite from Dita too, because all our music was influenced by pop and by dance, you know, just we call all Euro dance. This is modern talking, you know, and, um, even for us, I don't know if, how it was in, in, in South Africa, but Germany in the middle of the 80s, Germans, the German charts were very influenced by Italian um, disco pop. And this gave us the inspiration. Um, do you remember the song um, from Gazebo, I like Chopin? No. That do you remember fantastic. that? No. <laughs> no, it was a smash. It was a smash here in Europe. And it has these, these piano theme in it. It was bam 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 da dum da 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 dum da dum. It was like a piano yes. theme, what makes this song very big. And so Dieter adapted it and he made this for Yuma Heart, Yuma Soul. So it, it, it was like, a, yeah, it was like Italo pop, Euro dance, um, 80s pop. And this have the um, complete, how to name it, system from modern talking music. Yeah, you know, so so my co-hosts on this give me a hard time because I love Italo disco, and they're always finding a way to to talk it down. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, yeah. I, like it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But, you know, so so your influence of it is, and and I think this is why modern talking became so popular in South Africa because there was that Italo disco sound in the clubs, but your sound sort of took it on another level. So when you do talk about your influences, it does make sense because it was in this space that had this clubby underground sort of sound and then it went uh, onto the next level. And I think that's why you sounded so different. And people to this day say, oh, modern talking sounds so 80s. I say, no, actually they set such a template for what, you know, the music was sounding like then. Um, I'm going to say the name wrong, but the influence for a lot of like German and Swedish and Austrian, um, and even I've spoke to someone from Finland artist is, uh, and uh, you mentioned ABBA is, Schlager, is that the right way to say it? Schlager, yes, yeah. but this is a different type of music. Yeah. Uh, but but it, Schlager changed, you know. It, it's very hard to explain. And actually, you know, Schlager is German speak. It, it was in these times, it was a bit like the German type of country music. Yeah. It was German language, but very sweet and <laughs> sticky, you know. Uh, this was for a special, you know, um, age of people. The older people were listening to Schlager in that time. And, you know, when you're, list, 
you were listening to a Schlager song, it was very edgy. It was like, oh, can you see the sun go down in Montego Bay? And, you know, the fishes, <laughs> they are missing their lot of blah, 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 all of that stuff. And, you know, it was really um, hard to be successful in Schlager. And so modern talking was fresh. It was new. It was, it was, it sounds for the German ear very international. And kind of it was, because uh, otherwise it wouldn't be so successful all over the world. It has this kind of um, international taste. Um, so we were very, very, you know, successful, like, you know, in so many places in the world. And um, today Schlager is a different thing, but maybe we come to this later. But um, um, this was these, we had in German Schlager, and um, we had, we call it Neue Deutsche Welle, that means new German wave. It was this kind of young music, young crazy people with completely lyrics, with no sense at all, very, how to say, nuts in their head and very aggressive. And that was for young people. And all of a sudden, Modern talking came out like a sphinx, you know, like, wow, what is this? And maybe this is a part of the reason for the success of modern talking. What's some, you know, with you and Thomas not having come from a background, you're put together. What was it like actually creating music that, because you guys sound so in sync, it's, you know, that, but you were placed together. What was that like um, to then create music post that with somebody who you've not, you know, had this long history with. What do you mean? What do you mean? Our work together? Or yeah. So, so, so a lot of bands at the time would have been, you know, friends or working together for a very long time and then hit the success. But your success sort of came, like you say, you were put together to start on uh, your heart, your my soul. And then you were just, you know, just carried on. Cause yeah. Work. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, this, this um, made it, even for the upcoming future, you know, after the first part of Modern Talking, made it very hard because, um, like you said, we're, we're not a garage band, you know, we had this development and we're working together for years and had the time even to, um, um, how to say, um, um, when you have time just to, to form your characters, mm. you know, because it, that you're, you're even growing up with each other. So we didn't have the time at all. So it was, like I said at the beginning, actually a group, a duo, which existed by marketing, for marketing reasons. And it was a bit by mistake, you know, and we were really, and still are, you know, complete opposite persons and characters. So uh, this is um, definitely the main reason why we are not working together anymore, because we have different types of thinking and different way of living. And even there is um, difference in ages. You know, I can say I'm nine years younger. And um, this makes it very difficult to work together. But as long as you're, you know, flying on cloud number seven, 
and you're very successful, then you have, then you're working. You're in the in the working modus and process mm. because you're working and traveling and doing promotion and recording and video and TV and radio and photo shootings and so on and so on. But um, after you know some some years after the the three years then we were really exhausted, exhausted from working in that style and exhausted from each other. Okay, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. Uh, Barrett, you want to say anything? No, okay. I wanted to ask about no, that. No, so, what I, you know, so, so there were th for me, there were three members of Modern Talking. So it was obviously yourself, Dita, and your clothes. Okay, <laughs> the fashion. Right. And the hair. And the, and hair. the hair. And the hair. And um, so, you know, we, we were joking about it. And in South Africa in the 80s, um, what was happening is there was a lot of Portuguese, Italian, and Greek descendants. Are the first uh, generation had come here yeah, looking for work or were born, so in their 20s. Um, and uh, then also a lot of the South Africans were being conscripted to the army. So they were like leaving their 19 year old girlfriends and going off to army for a while. And your music became the soundtrack of these people leaving their loved ones, but the Portuguese, Italian and Greek. So you became an icon for them because you're very Mediterranean looking. You had the long black hair and everybody, men and women copied that. So like there are couples of men and women both looked like you, right? So they both had the long hair and they both had the clothes. I was watching the video of Sherry Sherry Lady and you have this amazing military outfit on it. Um, well, I don't know if I'm asking a question, but I was just making the statement of how you were such an iconic look of the 80s in South Africa and so many people copied that. Um, and I think that that goes to, to the, the success. What was it like being, was there anything that anybody bought you that you would know I'm not going to wear that or how you felt as a style and a fashion icon um, <laughs> any regrets of anything you wore? <laughs> I just want to talk a bit about that. I, yeah, to, to know, I know that I had really, really a lot of lookalikes, you know, this is true. <laughs> um, this is really true. Uh, but, but, uh, I didn't even really think about that because I, you know, I, I did what I, what I would like to do. You know, I, I'm, there was no strategy behind it. You know, I did it like it was, you know, I wasn't not thinking about my hair and because I did not think about the clothes, it was just the fact that I knew it's successful. The people like it. And the next step for the next single was, how can I do it, put it in a different way, but not leaving my track, you know, just what do it? So I had a lot of, you know, the clothes and I've chosen this one and this one and this one. And, and I said, this is for the next single, or this is for the production for the photo, uh, photo production for the um, album or for the single or whatever. And that's it. So what are you telling me is for me in the back reflection uh, the, the, for the people, there was much more behind it than for myself because it was for me <laughs> natural. You know, I, I didn't even think about it. You know, It just happened. So this is it. And, and many, many years later, you know, when I had my long hair and, and hair, and I had my 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 ponytail. You know, after this, um, 
I found out that the people or that I'm, yes, in that iconic way that the people looking at me with that hair and then came in the early 90s, the decision just to cut it down. <laughs> and for the kind of rebellion, this was, you know, I, I'm, I'm a person and I don't want to be, you know, don't want to be stuck in time because I just want to go with the future and I have to really cut up these long hair. And so I think that sort of like coincides with the, the, your solo career. And I think Barrett wants to ask you a bit yes. more about that. So tell us about your solo career and what inspires you to continue to create and be part of the music business. Well, the inspiration is that I love music. And, you know, this is the only thing I can, you know. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't learned anything else. So music is music. But, you know, it comes really from the bottom of my heart. Because the first, since I can think, you know, from the very beginning, um, I had my own ideas. Um, I said, I will, one day I will be a pop star. And, you know, can imagine my parents, they get, you know, crazy about that. They thought, what kind of boy do we have? You know, you have to learn for, for a normal job. You have to do your school. So I did my school. I did my, my final. Okay, this was fine. But doing music, this was really something shaky. And um, when after modern talking, you know, I took a break for one and a half year because I went, uh, well, I, I settled uh, um, um, over to um, California, to Los Angeles. And because I needed really time, like I said before, it was a hard time. Three years, you know, first of all, mentally to go through this career to three years before, actually nobody knew me. And after three years, you're in uh, whatever worldwide, uh, you know, no, needed worldwide known um, musician and all of this work and the we had um, uh, six albums in this three years uh, with the singles and with um, all of the video shootings and can you imagine that that when we are doing our promotion I, you know this was for me it's for me one thing I will never forget we had a, a show in on the breaking the morning news in Oslo. And then, then we were heading in our private plane going for a recording in the afternoon in Amsterdam. And in the evening, we had a TV show in Paris. Wow. So that means three TV shows in three countries <laughs> and, you know, three cities on one day. And um, this was in the entire ring, you know, and it, it was really exhausting. And so um, I needed some time um, to going to going to Los Angeles and, and to reflect who I am. You know, I, sometimes I had the feeling that in these three years, I didn't, didn't found track who I was, you know, I was, performing and I was, you know, my system was right on track. But for me personally, what kind of person, you know, even when you're at the beginning of the 20s, you know, what, 21, 22, 23, 
then you're in development of to being really an adult, you know, then you have so many, you know, things, what you're thinking about. And I didn't have time, you know, for live my life, like, you know, my friends from school had. But after this, after these one and a half year, I found out no music is not the solution. So <laughs> I have to work again on music. And I started, you know, singing and doing solo uh, songs and solo albums. And um, this was really a great journey for me. It wasn't that successful like uh, it was with Modern Talking, but, you know, um, the, a lot of people loved it. And I had the chance to show people a different kind of music. Mm. And I had, you know, had the privilege to work with wonderful people in that time. So speaking on that, <laughs> you segue beautifully to, uh, for me. Um, so one of your collaborators uh, during this time was with Sandra, who's also a local favorite on that 80 shows in, in South Africa. Uh, tell, tell us about that experience and are you still in contact with her? And yeah, just give some background into Oh, that. yeah. Oh yeah, we are we are in contact. Uh, we're friends um, because she lives permanently on Ibiza Island. Yes, and I have property um, on Ibiza Island, and so when we, we have the time, then we see each other, go for dinner. Um, I just uh, saw her. It's now four, five weeks six weeks ago. Um, we met each other at the airport on Ibiza Island because. Uh, what I didn't know, we had the same TV show in Warsaw. So we were we were taking a plane going to Poland. And uh, on the next day, we had the same uh, TV show then. So we knew each other for, for, you know, pretty long time. You know, we knew each other from the 80s. Then we lost track because, you know, she was permanently on Ibiza and was touring all over the world. And um, I have now my house since 20 years, more or less. On Ibiza, and then we are still in contact, and uh, yes, so we're the um, two icons from the eighties <laughs> who are still friends. So, so you know, you you speak about your touring, and and now you know spend some time in California. And I think what's what we like to ask, uh, you know, artists like yourself is that you've seen the world from you know nineteen eighties through to now, and seen firsthand. Although it sounds, you know, quite whirlwind, firsthand the world change. What's it like to be in that position to watch go to different countries over time and watch them evolve uh, f- over 30, 40 years? Yes, it, 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 this is true. You know, I'm, I'm traveling the world since, since, yeah, nearly 40 years. And um, it changed a lot. So this is... Um, the truth because um not even with social media you know 40 years ago you you couldn't even think about it you know what will be in the future and you know would you imagine that we have the chance that we talk i'm talking with south africa with you guys and and uh, just you know on the on a on lifetime and you know like i said telex you know i was grown up <laughs> with telex um and uh, but even the world with um, you know with social media and the world wide web, um, uh, it's getting closer, and it's even more the same. Yeah. That means that the the, the people, the, the countries, are losing um, what made them unique, because you have 
all over the world the same. Mm. Um, mm. You know, when, when I was traveling from first time going to America, you know, I was my first time in New York and then moved over to Los Angeles. It was in a certain way, complete new world. You know, it was something different. You know, start with the food. You have complete, when you're going to California, you have this Mexican food. You have, um, you know, part of this Cajun food. You have this this combination of American cuisine with, you know, traditional food. Um, that was very that was something, you know, when I, when I was in Germany, going back home, so I was really looking, going back, and I was um, happy to go to Mexican places and having my nachos or sushi like this, you know, it was very upcoming um, 30 years ago. And today, you know, I'm coming from a little town here in Germany. We have 120,000 um, people. Uh, who live here, we have five or six sushi places. We have Mexican food. We have, you know, I think there's no food which doesn't exist here in the city from the world. So here's everything. When you're looking for fashion, you know, going to America, it was something, you know, you know, completely different fashion than what we had in Germany. When you're looking today, you know, in the windows from the shops, when you're going to Munich, you see the same shit like in New York. And, you know, it's, you know what I mean? It's yeah. the same. Mm -hmm. So we're yeah. closer and closer and closer. Mm -hmm. And now to put it on the music level of my concept, um, the first time when I was traveling all over the world, I could see differences in, in the mentality of the people the people the acting of the concert people was different in asia than in south america it was different you know when you compare it with south africa but today because the people know because of facebook and youtube and they know exactly what the people doing worldwide and when the asian people were very um how to say shy in a certain way on concerts and very disciplined they were clapping after uh, the song today they're freaking out <laughs> um so the world is still getting quite you know normal and has lost a lot of uniqueness mm. if you can say it yeah somebody said it's so interesting because yeah, because we, we interviewed um, Gary Kemp from Spandau Ballet. He said the exact same thing. And I said, it's it's like a McDonald's culture where first it yeah. starts with McDonald's in every country and then it just spreads from there, basically. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's true. <laughs> now, yeah. it's, now it's Starbucks in every country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Not only, you know, we are influenced by the Americans, you know, this is the truth. Um mm. For the moment, it, it stopped a bit, but we don't want to go into politics. Um, it stopped a bit, um, uh, but you know, all the all this is what I told my friends here, and 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 in Germany, you know, I even today I say to them, make a look to the states, and ten years later we'll have the same situation in Germany. So, hmm. it just you know, 
flips over yeah. after yeah. a decade. And we won't learn. We won't stop it. We all just go. I mean, we're the same. We all just follow the lead and end up in the, in the same situation. Um, on the, you know, on obviously on the evolution, you mentioned the way Facebook and everything, and I've noticed you embrace the modern way of distributing music, but obviously distributing, publishing, sharing, making music and getting it out to people has changed. What's your take on how people are consuming music and you as an artist, these new channels that you have to use? You, you mean the distribution from the music? Uh, um, okay. So, you know, this changed, you know, I have records, you know, records was, you know, nobody could think about anything else than records. And then we had, it was for a, such a little tiny period was this, you remember this mini disc? Yes. Do you have this? Yes. But it, it, just, it quick. just like a snip, you know, it, for <laughs> me, it's like it was there for one year and then was gone because the CD came and took over. And this medium, you know, was very, you know, the, the, the hottest medium for music for, for ages and for decades. And I was a person, uh, you know, for me, I needed a CD from all of my music. I, you know, I bought and needed a CD, even I could make a download on it. Um, but to be really honest, in some years, two, three, four, no, four or five years, actually, I do my streaming. I don't buy CDs anymore. And um, actually, you know, even in cars, you can't use a CD anymore. Mm. You, in, in Germany, you don't get any car with a CD player. So you have to go Bluetooth and then you have your music. So this changed a lot. And um, streaming is the music distribution medium of nowadays. And as an artist, does that um, work for you? You know, now obviously as a consumer, but as an artist, I know there's some criticism over streaming. Um, are you happy the to use the platform? The problem, yeah, the problem is for successful artists, it works. And for newcomers, it's pain in the ass. Mm. Because <laughs> if you're not known, how should the people take a streaming? You know, because just to, to, to give you an impression, um, I know it from our lawyer. So uh, he called me two or three months ago and um, because he is responsible for our, you know, distribution and for our rights regarding modern talking. And he said, modern talking songs for the last 10 years. So we, we're talking about one decade on YouTube. We had 1.8 billion clicks. Wow. It's mostly me. <laughs> Yeah, I was just about to say that's mostly Paolo. <laughs> so, so the, the bottom of my heart, a very, very, very thank you. <laughs> so, um, you know, but that that means that if you have a music history behind you, and if you are, you know, like name it, the big stars from today, like Ed Sheeran, like. Rihanna, like Beyonce, like, you know, Connie, whatever. Um, they have 100 millions of streamings, like um, uh, Taylor Swift, name them. So, but it is much harder for new people, for newcomer to make money out of this streaming. Mm. So they have to be creative 
and they have to um, work on it hard. And um, well, it's in, in that way, it's, it's, it's very difficult for them. But to put it on the other way, you know, they have the chance, what, the, what I didn't have in my early times, they can go by themselves and make a YouTube channel. Mm. And they can make Instagram and they can make TikTok and Facebook. And so they have it in their own hands. And now this is a very important thing. Now I will say creativity and quality will survive. As long as they're good and as long as they have, you know, fantastic ideas to promote themselves, their selves, then have the chance to make a really a push in, 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 in that limit where they can make really good money. Yes. And this, you know, in, in, in my times when I started with music, I had the chance, I could choose between five or six record, record companies, six record companies in Germany. And if all of them would say, no, you're not our, our artist, then was gone. You know, finito l'amore. So nothing. So I maybe had to wait for another two or three years and starting new. But today, the people, the talented people have every day the chance to make an output in the worldwide market. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Also, it's true. And, and, reach, and reach so many more people yeah. in like yeah. the space. Yeah, absolutely. So, Thomas, to end off, what is next for you? What's next for Mustanders? What's next? My next plans? Yes. Well, at the moment, we're working for a new album with my um, temporary partner, yeah. uh, with Florian, and this should come out at the beginning of next year. This is uh, a plan. So I just released um, an English-speaking album, um, Cosmic, mm. it was in March. And, um, you know, I cross my fingers and I'm pretty sure that we'll have a chance next year for touring. So we'll go on tour all over the world for the next two years with these new songs and um, with the program, but still in my program are the songs from what I'm talking, you know, the big hits. And um, I'm working on that kind of program. And... Um, um, having a, a big tour in the States in next year in August, oh, in, actually in one year um, for the States and for Canada. But, um, you know, there will be a new German-speaking album with Florian and um, um, a big tour in Germany. And um, I'm with him for 26 concerts here in Germany. So there's, there's a lot coming and a lot of things uh, waiting for me. And um, I have to say, I'm very happy and I feel very blessed that I can do this and that I'm healthy and um, have the chance doing this and very successful. So I cross my fingers that it uh, continues for the next years. Absolutely. Well, well, it's not by accident. You know, you often wonder why people are successful and it tends to come down to them being good people. And, um, you know, you had, you didn't have to treat us with the grace and the respect you did today, but you did. And, and that's the reason why some people you know, stay in people's hearts and while they're successful for a very long time, I've got no doubt that you will be hugely successful. So I, I, I will say one of the secrets for, for a really long success is 
discipline and work. And the people, well, I'm pretty sure that the people can't imagine um, how much I'm working. Mm. Working is not being on TV and working is not being in the studio recording new songs. I'm working every day on my desk and in my office. I'm working every day talking with my managers about ideas, about, you know, what's coming up, what can I do? And even for, for you know, a, a longer period of time, you know, doing things, not what will happen in two or three months, no. Um, you know, I'm thinking about things, what will be in 2023? <laughs> so what can I do? Or what kind of merchandise, what kind of, you know, marketing can we do? What can we do new with Instagram? What can we do with YouTube? What is new product and new photo sessions? So I'm permanently working on my, um, to, to say, it's, it's not sexy, but on the product, Thomas Anders. Yeah. You know, the person, Thomas Anders, is fine. You know, I'm happy, I have a wonderful life. But to be honest, Thomas Anders is a worldwide product and products needs um a timeline yeah. you know what's going on in the future and this is and I'm, I'm, I'm sure if 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 artists have maybe this feeling doing this with their career they will survive yeah. and i know from other people they're sitting at home hmm. waiting that the manager is calling and said you have a new job then and then you're going to do this yes or no and then he says yes or no this is not uh, to this is not uh, um, um, this is no this is not possible to be successful for over the years if you have this attitude. Long, longevity, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, listen, if you're a product, we love it in South Africa. We will <laughs> supersize it, pump it into all the stores. <laughs> we are brand champions of Thomas Anders. That's for sure. <laughs> I have a tricky question. (laughs) Yes, please. Okay. So I love the whole nostalgia of the 80s. I mean, that's the reason Paolo and I started the show together. Barrett's now joined us. We just, we live with for the nostalgia. I can go back in my mind to seeing you guys at Sun City, being in the audience, jumping up, screaming, all that kind of stuff. Once in a while, quite often, I'll put on your music and I'll dance around my bedroom like a teenage girl. (laughs) Do you ever put on your music and dance around your home and go, those were the days. That was amazing. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. No, no. But but I I, I tell you, I tell you now a really little funny story. Um, I was um, invited uh, with my wife. uh, um, It was the beginning of June. It was a wedding and friends of us, they had a wonderful wedding. Um, on one of the Bavarian lakes. Uh, we had beautiful summer weather and uh, there were a lot of, you know, like colleagues and, you know, other uh, celebrities um, were invited and we had a big party. And then the DJ put on Your Mahad, Your Soul. And I was dancing on the dance floor and I was singing to it. And so all of a sudden <laughs> the people stopped dancing. And were laughing to death because they said, this is so 
this is so completely strange. We <laughs> dance it on your heart and my soul, and the original singer is singing by itself on the dance floor while he's dancing on his song. This is completely bizarre. You know, it was so funny. And I was even, didn't reflect it. It just came naturally, you know, because when, yeah. when, Somewhere on a stage, on a dance floor, is your Mahatma soul. Actually, I'm the person who's standing on it and performing it. And yeah. I'm starting performing your Mahatma soul. So this can happen. But I never, believe me, I never will put any record, CD, or streaming on at home and singing for myself. This would be very strange. <laughs> well, I had to ask. <laughs> But I love, I love it if you're doing it. Yes, yeah, but, but maybe you can send one picture about that. Send <laughs> a video of us. <laughs> Thomas, this has been an amazing hour. It has been an absolute honor to meet you. I mean, you really don't, you really don't understand you. the impact your music has had. It's just good, fun music. Yes. Still listen to it today and feel so good. Um, we thank you for your time. Absolutely. We wish you success and everything. If you do come to South Africa, we're there. Just yes. you must know that. Yeah. Maybe Sun City, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for joining us and, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank, so you, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure. And it didn't seem like an hour. It, it seems like 15 minutes. Exactly. Uh, but, but it was really a pleasure talking to you. And um, maybe in South Africa or whatever, on the, wherever on this world, and stay healthy. And thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thomas.